Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host, Parker Keene, will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now here's your host, Parker Keene. Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. We are on episode 29. Um, today we're going to be interviewing Sean Sheehan. Uh, he is a Irish MMA writer. He writes for Severe MMA. He's an analyst, a podcaster, uh, really a, an expert on all things Irish MMA. So excited to uh, to get into this and uh, you know really really get some some native perspective on on what's going on across the pond for us. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Thanks very much for having me. I'm always always good to see people dressed up in their uh, Irish gear and everything. So it's very good. To be on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually over when all this shit started going down. I was there on March 10th. We were going for Patty's Day, and then, of course, everything got shut down. So we spent 10 days in Kenmar in a, just in a house with 10 of my family just living off gas station food and the liquor store, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> that's how we're all living so, at the moment. So that's the best yeah. Kimmery in Kerry, was it? You're not too far from me, so... Yeah, my grandmother was born in um, Glencar, Kerry. That's oh, where yeah. she was raised and then okay. uh, my grandfather was from latin tipperary um so we actually we got to see where she grew up and then we drove through limerick actually went to tipperary and saw where grandpa grew up so we made the best of it you know with all the pubs and everything closed but was what it was you know yeah, yeah you drove right past my house so <laughs> funnily enough when you're going down <laughs> yeah we should have stopped off we could have done a live <laughs> yeah, podcast we yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was it was bad because it just happened like before uh st patrick's there so all like the obviously the St. Patrick's Day parade and all was cancelled all over the place. It was, it was a pretty bad time in here and all obviously the pubs and the restaurants and all everything was uh, was closed down. So you know this kind of I suppose I don't know if it's the same in America, but I think here it's kind of the start of the year for the summer where people start getting back into pubs and beer gardens and everything after taking January and February off. You know, so it's, uh, it was a bad time for it to happen. Do you, I suppose. Do you participate in the dry January? I do. That seems to be a very <laughs> No, <laughs> very Irish thing. All my all my Irish family and friends that are here in the states now every January. Oh, we're going on the dry January. So <laughs> uh, why would you do that? A month? That's just a month wasted. Is what that is. Yeah, that's what I tell them too. <laughs> so all right, let's jump into it. First, I wanted to just check how are things in Ireland? Is it kind of the same as it was mid March, or have they locked it down even more? Or? Oh yeah, it's, it's completely locked down. Yeah, no, we're yeah. Uh, we're not low go more than two kilometers from your house um wow. basically the same as america in terms of people can congregate together it's actually people i think it's only two people can go together even if you're going outside you can only go outside for exercise uh only people who are essential workers are out to work so if you work in uh you know um uh, a, a supermarket or if you work in a mm -hmm. hospital or whatever you can work but uh say people working in like factories or barbers and all everything is closed down so it's actually it's not been too bad here there's i think yesterday was the most deaths uh it was how many i think it was 36 deaths in a day but i obviously yeah. ireland is a smaller country compared to uh, america and everywhere else but i think we're doing we're doing relatively well it's hard to say we're doing well when 36 people died like but uh, you know i think it's four thousand cases uh here so you know we're i think we're handling it pretty well and hopefully we can you know get that curve to flatten and go the other way but um you know, it's it's a tough time for everyone. Like, I suppose it's it, it maybe it's not as bad in terms of you know people getting it and people dying here as it is in other countries. But we're the same in terms of the people kind of locked up, and you know we're we're the same lockdown as everyone else, and we will have for another while. So it's uh, 
yeah, it's, it's a tough situation, I suppose, for everyone to deal with. Well, let's jump into some MMA. I, I wanted to ask you, how would you describe the current state of Irish MMA? You know, we've had superstars like Conor McGregor, obviously, James Gallagher and, and Bellator, and then a lot of other SPG fighters rising up. How would you explain kind of the current state of MMA? Yeah, I suppose just before this all started, I I don't know. I think I did it on on this on the Severe May podcast. In the main podcast, we were talking about how it was really a turning point for Irish MMA because for a long time, Cage Warriors hadn't been in Ireland. Bellator has only started coming in the last few years, and now they have you know they have two or three headliners created mm-hmm. from Ireland. Um, you know, we've local cards like Cage Legacy coming back. The UFC are coming back here in when is it August? So this was like the turning point for Irish MMA. We had the, the death of Joe Carvalho a few years ago, which kind of halted Irish MMA totally. There was n- almost no events in Ireland for the last, what is it, three years now at this stage? The UFC haven't come back in five years. Uh, Bellator were really, really the only ones doing it. So this was the turning point. You know, Cage Warriors had two cards lined up. Bellator had a card lined up. UFC had a card lined up. Cage Legacy had a card lined up. So it was great. And this has kind of turned it all in its head now. Yeah. So you'd hope that when everything comes back, we'll get back to that position. So what I think we are in right now is, if <laughs> it might be a weird thing, but if you look at the curve, kind of we've gone up to the, got to the worst part of Irish MMA and we're coming back to the best parts of it again. And hopefully uh, when, when it all comes back, we can land back again into the, you know, a position where we're looking forward and looking at good things rather than, you know, struggling with the, with what has happened over the last few years. Yeah. So you mentioned there, you mentioned Cage Warriors, you mentioned Bellator, you mentioned UFC. I mean, who is the biggest promotion in in Ireland right now? Is it still the UFC or is it kind of seen a changing of the guard? It, 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 I think, you know, I, I was on uh, Ariel's show with him a couple of months ago and he asked me this exact same question. And I said it's debatable because Bellator have, apart from Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is the only Irish-born, Irish-trained fighter in the UFC now. The only one. Wow. You know, Joseph Duffy's the other Irish fighter, but he's obviously in Canada. Um, so everyone else is basically in Bellator. But I think there's five guys. No, there's more than five. There's maybe, let's say, ten guys in Cage Warriors. And all the rest are in Bellator. So Bellator have that fan base. You know, if they put on a card with James Gallagher, they're going to fill the, the tree arena here. And they're going to have a really good card. Uh, so it's it's definitely a contest. Like Cage Warriors aren't there yet. They've only had uh, is it one or two? They've only had one card back in Ireland so far. Yeah. So you know maybe maybe you know when, if Ian Gary or Paul Hughes or one of them comes to the top, maybe they'll be there. But my changing of thinking on it, and maybe still putting the UFC on the top, was when that UFC card got announced because a Bellator card gets announced, right? And you might hear from one or two of your friends, or you might hear from like the other media people saying, you know, or you might go and book a hotel, or you know, whatever. When the UFC was announced, you know, you looked at your phone an hour later, and you had, you know, forty messages. <laughs> you said, all oh, your yeah. friends like, let's organize a day. A day. Are you going to have to book the hotels? And it's just, you know, it's uh, it's different. And as well, the um, the UFC was actually. Uh, well, it's probably changed now, but he was supposed to be on the Isle Ireland hurling final weekend, which is, you know, if anyone knows Huge. hurling, it's it's the yeah, you know the yeah. biggest sport in Ireland. Eighty two thousand people in Crow Park were going to be for that match, wow. and Limerick were going to win it, obviously. But it was gonna, <laughs> it was going to be the night before that. So it was planning to be a huge weekend that you could go get away, get to Dublin, and the place would absolutely be, you know, it would be bomb. So it'd be huge. But I still think. Because you know, the UFC still has a draw. The UFC still has those three letters UFC, and that's still going to be bigger than Bellator. You know, as as Ian Gary said to me on, a, on an interview once, 
people don't wake up in the morning and uh, or go to bed at night, sorry, and dream of fighting for Bellator. So, you know, that's a bit, little bit harsh, yeah. but it is kind of true yeah. in fairness. So I, I think uh, I think that's the situation of it now. Do you think there's anything Bellator could do to to overtake the UFC in Ireland, or if there's anything they're kind of on the path to right now that would, you know, if if a couple of things happen, all of a sudden we're looking at at Bellator being being the main show in town? I think they've done everything they can do, and I think they're right up there with them. Like, it shouldn't like if if I ask you guys who's bigger, Bellator or UFC, you're obviously going to say UFC. The fact that I even, the fact that I even have to question it means mm-hmm. that they're all they've already done it. The only other thing they could do <laughs> is sign Conor McGregor, which would yeah, are here like this, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, but I, I yeah. think they've done it. I, I think they've done everything they need to do. Like the UFC haven't come back to Ireland in five years. They haven't put many shows on in England. They have one show on in Scotland a few years ago. They've really let down this side of the world. Like that, they, they haven't put great cards. Okay, they had that. You know, they had the Michael Bisping fight in in Manchester against Dan Henderson. Was there? An, I think there might have been another title fight around here, but not nothing huge. Uh, Bellator Darren Till bringing, yeah yeah, yeah nothing huge like but the, the Darren yeah. Till wonder fight that's a good fighter but Bellator are bringing over Vincent Henderson here they're bringing over Miles Jory to fight here people yeah. is coming they're bringing like they're giving us their best fighters and I'm sure like down the line we might have Rory McDonald or David MVP as well and they're giving and they're creating Irish stars and they're giving the Irish guys a big platform and main events and Liam McCourt as well giving her the main event uh, so they've done they've done that great job there was there is a market here. Like Conor McGregor has created a huge market in Ireland and, and the UK as well. And Bellator have taken advantage of that where the UFC didn't. So I think, you know, if anyone listens or uh, watches uh, WWE and wrestling knows the history of that, you know, what Vince McMahon always did was he saw a territory and he took it for himself. And if anyone got a stronghold there, he didn't want that to happen. He went in and he took it. The UFC have copied a lot of stuff WWE have done, but they didn't do that right. here. You know, they did that years and years ago, and they thought, right, we have it now, but then Bellator. And, you know, this is actually a, a good conversation for maybe another podcast, possibly. But, you know, I, I said the, the UFC had announced a card. They announced that card on the week Bellator were in Ireland. Like, I think that was like the signal of a war starting there. So I think the UFC want to get this area back. They want to start signing Irish fighters again, uh, and they don't want to let Bellator get this stronghold. So that's, I think that makes. Uh, I think, you know, you asked me about the, the, the health of Irish MMA. I think if Bellator and UFC are in a bit of a battle for Ireland, that's great for Irish MMA because you could see Bellator and UFC both bringing over really big fights uh, to here, you know, here, and that's only for uh, benefits Irish MMA. So let's transition to Connor. You mentioned him a couple of times. Um, what impact in your mind has Connor had on Irish MMA, and what was your experience like watching him, you know, rise through the ranks from Cage Warrior to the UFC, you know, to craziness with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, what, was... what was that experience like in Ireland? Yes. Have you got to spare two hours? <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Like, I w- like for me, I wasn't covering Conor, uh, Conor McGregor when he was fighting, like, one and all and stuff. Like, I am kind of with the guys now because it's changed. I was covering, like, the UFC when he was coming up in Cage Warrior and stuff. I covered his Cage Warriors title fights and stuff. So I, I have seen him coming from Cage Warriors. But, like... I remember t- like talking to the lads. Say I worked for Severe Man. I came on. I think just before McGregor got to the UFC, possibly with uh, with Severe Man. They've been covering like the Severe Man did the documentary with McGregor and stuff. And uh, like the lads have seen him coming up from day one. And everyone you you spoke on, even me seeing him beforehand, he's the same now as he was then. You know, he was always this brash, cocky, really good fighter basically. And 
uh, I think obviously like the things have gone sideways at times and stuff with, with the fame as they tend to do. But I, I, like, I think the thing about McGregor is right. He got to the UFC and he was what 15 fights in, I think. So I think people yeah. saw this guy from Ireland coming in and thought, right, this Irish guy, he's not going to be able to wrestle. He's not going to be able to do jujitsu. Okay. He might have good boxing, but we're going to destroy him. But people didn't realize that he'd been fighting black belts in, in cage warriors. He fought for two cage warriors titles. He'd 15 fights. Like, you'd rarely see someone come into UFC now with, with 15, 16 fights. He had that backing behind him. He didn't earn, like, he destroyed Marcus Brimage, who's a good fighter. He destroyed um, Ma- Max Holloway on one leg, came through, beat Brandau in Ireland after coming back from that knee injury, you know, beat Dennis Seaver, beat uh, Chad Mendes. And I think in this space of 11 months, he fought Jose Aldo, Nate Diaz twice, and mm. Eddie Alvarez in the space of 11 months. Like, we've never seen anything like that before. That's yeah. absolutely meteoric to have those fights. And then we have the Fly Mayweather stuff and the Habib stuff and all after that. It's, like, it's huge. When I started covering MMA, like, I literally, I, w- I was writing about the UFC uh, maybe a year, two years before, maybe not, two, yeah, around that, before Conor McGregor, I, before I had heard of Conor McGregor. So I was like, I didn't know anyone else in Ireland covering MMA. <laughs> when I started covering <laughs> it, I didn't know any Irish MMA fighters. I knew nothing about Irish MMA. I was covering the UFC. I was covering, you know, John Jones or Chuck Liddell, whoever it was back then. I knew nothing about Irish MMA. I'm down in Limerick, like the, the, the epicenter of Irish MMA is in Dublin. Yeah. And now Irish MMA is huge. <laughs> like there's Irish yeah. MMA fighters headlining Bellator cards, signing for the UFC and everything. Like in that short period of what is it, seven years, it's like exploded from a person covering MMA in Ireland, didn't know Irish MMA fighters, to now Irish MMA being arguably one of the strongest countries in the world for MMA. So it's been absolutely meteoric right and then let's talk a little bit i i was at the fight with cowboy live and the following by the irish people was not what i would have expected obviously connor the last five to seven years has been on this just meteoric rise to stardom from basically nothing and he's had his highs he's had his lows at one point you know i have a lot of family that lives over here from ireland i remember it was probably around nate diaz one and it just seemed like everyone was on the Connor train. I mean, everyone was backing him. They were living and dying by Connor. And then I saw a lot of that fall off, you know, after he lost to Nate Diaz and then had the nasty kind of back and forth with Khabib. Um, what would you say the current state is of the Irish people and how they feel about Connor McGregor? Like, I think, I think it might have seemed like that to, to people in America and even to people in Ireland, maybe, uh, you know, coming up. I don't think everyone was always behind Conor McGregor. I think at one stage there was a lot more people behind Conor McGregor than yeah. there is right now. But Ireland is a country where uh, a lot of people hate people <laughs> when they're doing well or when they're very cocky like McGregor. <laughs> very like, unforgiving. Yeah, McGregor's not exactly your stereotypical Irish hero. Like, you know, right. <laughs> our Irish uh, sporting hero, I suppose. A new sport that people don't really know. Very kind of brash and swearing and stuff. And a lot of people in Ireland would love that, but a lot of people would would hate it as well. A lot of people that loved it were bandwagon fans. You know, you're wearing the, the uh, rugby shirt there. Everyone who's a rugby fan in Ireland is a bandwagon fan. Because <laughs> rugby didn't exist uh, <laughs> in Ireland until about 30 years ago. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah. I'll go on a Friday night with my girlfriend and we'll wear matching scarves and we go to see the rugby. And that's the kind of, <laughs> that's what it is here. You know, we go to yeah. Vegas to see Conor McGregor with the lads when we're on the, the visa over to America. Or we'll go for a, you know, a week in the summer or whatever. A lot of it was that. Now, there was a lot of hardcore fans as well. And you see 9,000 of them every time there's a Bellator event uh, in Dublin and when there's a UFC event. Um, so 
McGregor still has those hardcore fans that are with him. Now, some of them, because of the antics and things have happened, that legally a lot of things we can't say that have happened or, or have or haven't happened. Uh, people have fallen off the um, fallen off the bandwagon with him. A lot of fallen off the bandwagon because he's lost. Uh, a lot of fallen off the bandwagon because he hasn't been fighting that much recently. But uh, there's still a lot there, and a lot more came back after he beat Cowboy. So now I'd say it's probably... Uh, it's not as high as it was. It's the highest of highs are not still not there, but I don't think the lowest of lows are there either now. I think he's on his way back, and we're talking about these curves again. He's maybe quarter the way back yeah. up the curve to get to the his uh, his best position again. But, you know, can he do it? It's it's very difficult because he hasn't fought that much recently. Now he's not been able to train, I presume, with the uh, the whole coronavirus thing as well. So it's it's uh, going to be very difficult. And with the, the lightweight title pitcher up in, up in the air now as well, with an interim title and Habib not fighting, it's... Uh, it's an odd situation here over the next year. It's a... There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding UFC 249, but there's not a lot of uncertainty surrounding our new sponsor. So uh, support for Parker's MMA show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I know, Parker, I've been using this guy, the Lawnmower 3, during the quarantine to make sure my man parts are freshly groomed while I'm stuck in my house. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Billions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code FIGHT. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, at manscaped.com. So 20% off, promo code FIGHT. They support us, so we support them, Manscaped. Yeah, it's funny you you mentioned kind of your your typical Irish uh, sports star because the, the guy I remember growing up was Robbie Keane, who obviously is nothing like Conor McGregor at all. Um, so that's kind of... Who I think of in terms of you know having kind of that you know almost like a stoic attitude, taking a lot of joy in in playing his sport of choice. So you know it's I never thought of it like that, but that's that's interesting. I want to kind of pivot here to you know if, if Conor McGregor's kind of the the rise of Irish MMA, and you think we're at a turning point, um, who who do you kind of have your eye on as as some of the the up and coming stars of of the Irish MMA scene? There's actually a lot of them right now. Like I think at the moment, well, you know, where I said McGregor was ready for the top. You know, he came into the UFC with 15 fights, got his two or three UFC fights, and he's ready to get to the top. I don't think there's anyone at that position right just now. But a lot of them are like, let's say where McGregor was 10 fights in. In the next five fights, they could be pushing on there. So you have the likes of James Gallery, you have the likes of Kiefer Crosby. There, maybe, you know, earlier in their career, the likes of Paul Hughes. Uh, and Ian Gary over in um, over in Cage Warriors. Look, I, I think in um, in Bellator, obviously James Gallagher is the one you have to look at. Kiefer Crosby mm-hmm. uh, as well. Ian Gary is absolutely phenomenal, and he won uh, our Irish Emerging Prospect of the Year this year in over in Sevilla in May. But I, I just think, uh, and I, maybe it's a little bit unfortunate Ian Gary because he didn't get the fight. But Paul Hughes's last fight. His performance was absolutely fantastic. Every performance of his career so far has been absolutely fantastic. He has, I think it might stand him in the long run, but he's had, I think, three broken hands in his young career. He's only, what, five, oh, six wow. fights in. 
So he's come back from that now and he's had two or three fights in the last uh, six to eight months. So he seems to be back now and every fight he's had has been absolutely brilliant. So I, I'm, I, I don't mention Paul Hughes enough and I should. I think he's probably, him and Ian Gary now, I think are probably the two best coming through. They go into the UFC in a few years and then you have James, you have Kiefer uh, as well. Obviously, you know, um, Peter Quile, I suppose, is that one that's at the position right now where he could rise. If he beats Pitbull coming up in this fight, that's a huge win for anyone. So he's going to be rising there. We've Norman Park uh, over in KSW. He's the interim champion there. So he's probably, you know, he's, he's probably the, the best Irish MMA fighter at the moment, apart from maybe McGregor. Uh, you'd have to say that. And then Liam McCourt coming through as well. Danny Nyland, I think, is two fights in as well. She looks a really, really good prospect and a good athlete uh, as well. She is. And there's probably someone I'm missing out here anyway. But there, there's, there's a lot of them. You know, if you look at any of the, the last Bellator car, see people uh, coming up. Uh, the Cage Warriors cards as well. You know, you'd, uh, Joe McColgan fought for the Cage Warriors title there in their last event. Uh, he lost after a good kind of start to that fight. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people around and it's, it's a good time for Irish MMA, especially if you like, you know, if, if your thing is you like seeing prospects coming through from three, four, five fights and rising up to maybe being a top 15 UFC fighter, now's a good time to start following Irish MMA because there's a lot of them. You know, let's say there's 10 of them. Maybe only one of them will ever get to that. But <laughs> that, that's, mm -hmm. I suppose, the, the chances you take. Hmm. For, for sure. I think, uh, you know, I think hearing you talk for, for our audience, obviously we're, we're here in Texas, um, probably a, a lot of new names for them and probably not as in tune with the, uh, the Irish MMA scene, Sean. I want to ask you, like, how did you first get into MMA? How, how did you get involved in MMA from, from Ireland? Uh, I was, so I was in college down in, in Cork in UCC and, um, a friend of mine, we had like, uh, how would you describe it? Like a little uh, satellite box where we got like 15 TV channels on that compared to like two channels in the other, or four channels in the other houses. So one of my friend's friends, who's a really good friend of mine now, just used to come down to our house and watch The Ultimate Fighter in our house. And I was like, what, what are you watching this stupid stuff? I think it was like Tough, <laughs> Tough 2 maybe or something like that, or Tough 1, I don't know. But he used to have in the background, he used to come every week to watch Tough, and I just kind of started watching it, and I kind of got into it from there. Um... I was then I was <laughs> I was working in a place for ten weeks. I think was it. I think it was like between uh, between years in college, uh, and I was living <laughs> I was living in an apartment with like four Spanish students who didn't speak a word of English. So I was just like, <laughs> what am I gonna do here for this whole night? I was just like watching UFC fights for ten weeks nonstop on my laptop. Uh, so that helped. Like I watched. I think it was around the time like. Um, I think Forrest Griffin maybe had one or two fights. It was a couple of years after I started watching. So I think Forrest Griffin had like two or three UFC fights, but in and Rashad Evans and stuff and went back and watched the old Chuck Liddell fights and stuff like that. And like, that's how I started watching MMA in the UFC, I suppose. What year was it? Around 2006, I started and got big into it around 2009, maybe. Uh, and then I was a few years later, I was uh, Dan Rose over in uh, HOV MMA at the time. Uh, asked me did I want to write an article. I used, uh, used to be on the tap out radio, you know, with Crooklyn. I saw I was being in, like the chat room there, chatting with like Michael Bisping. Used to drop in and Tito Ortiz and stuff. It was a great. It was, it was a different time in MMA where you could actually just like talk to world champions in a fucking MMA <laughs> podcast chat room. It was it was a weird awesome. time. But uh, yeah, Dan Rose. I, I was always like putting up my picks and stuff. And Dan Rose asked me did I want to write an article. I, I wanted to put my picks up on his website, and I said yes. And the rest of SAS history <laughs> just went kind of mad from there. <laughs> So, kind of, who who are your some of your favorite fighters in fights? You know, knowing that you kind of came up, you know, in that, you know, oh six to oh nine uh, time period. 
it's see it's odd for me when I started watching the sport I kind of became a fan of the sport and like I I spend like evenings watching like jujitsu techniques on YouTube and like boxing <laughs> techniques and seeing different like I was never really a fan of a specific fighter I'm a fan of every fighter I like to say that because I think and it's a weird thing to say it sounds like a very you know it's just the truth though I, I'm a fan of Wonderboy he's the only fighter I'm really a fan of because I remember seeing him in that do you remember that Chuck Liddell t- or, uh, that, yeah that Chuck Liddell Chuck Norris t- yeah, our Chuck, Chuck Norris, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, this fella's cool. And then he got signed to the UFC. Yeah. Like, what? No way. <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> liked him ever since then. And that knockout of Dan Stitching was absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, Wonderboy is the only guy I've, I've ever really been a, like a fan of in terms of, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of just a gimmick now, really, more than anything. But, uh, yeah, he, he's the only one. But, like, I love... I love lots of different styles. Like, I love the style of Habib Nurmagomedov. I think he's fantastic. I love the style of Conor McGregor. I love Francis Ngannou. I think he's brilliant. Even people like Mirsad Bektic. I love someone like him who are, who's... And um, Benil Dariush as well. People who have, mm-hmm. like, the ability. They have all the abilities, but they have, like, a little bit wrong with them. And they just can't mm-hmm. reach that next level. And <laughs> if they didn't have that bit wrong with them, I think that, like, Mirsad Bektic... No, um, Benil Dariush. If he... If he had a better chin, I think he'd be a world champion right now. <sighs> yeah. I really do. Like, and I love fighters like that. It's like, if if they can turn that switch, and if they can change a little bit, they can become absolutely great. And like people like that, I love watching. I love watching guys coming up like Zabit Magomed Sharapov. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Like Cyril Gagne in the heavyweight division, absolutely brilliant. MVP Fabian Edwards over in Bellator. I think Fabian Edwards is an absolutely brilliant fighter as well. So there's, you know, there's there's lots of fighters I'm a fan of, <laughs> to be honest. And the, the older guys, I love Chuck Liddell. I think he was he was fantastic. I don't think Chuck Liddell gets enough credit, to be honest, for what he's done for MMA and just becoming no. the first famous fighter in kind of maybe my era. I know people before will say, you know, Frank Shamrock and and uh, Heist Gracie and all of them people. But yeah, I I think Chuck Liddell is one. I loved I loved I used to love watching Babaloo as well. He's just a mad looking <laughs> mad looking man as well. And uh, yeah, so I've given you about 15 names there anyway. So I did. I wonder by. There you go. There you go. Parker, All right, you still Sean. Got your ice man. You still got <laughs> yeah. your ice man shorts. Oh, yeah, my ice man somewhere. <laughs> Where are we like, at? There we go. Like my signed ice man. There's your McGregor. Oh, with his uh, Ivory Coast flag. <laughs> I got, yeah, Ivory Coast. There's Fury and Wilder. All right. So obviously a lot of drama the last week or so revolving around UFC 249. What are your thoughts on how Dana and the UFC handled this whole situation? Me and me and Billy are a little torn on this. I'm, I want to see fights. Billy's more logical and smart and realizes we're in a uh, <laughs> pandemic. But uh, what are your thoughts about just how Dana has handled this thus far? And do you think he'll actually be able to pull this off now we're almost a week and a half away? I still don't think it'll happen, to be honest. No, and especially after the ABC kind of came out yesterday and said uh, that they're not going to support it, they're not going to uh, license judges and referees. I believe they said, or if judges and referees go there, that they're not going to be looked on favorably. So, you know, you either have people brought in off the streets to to ref and judge, or people are, you know, I don't I'll know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do it. I, I know about it. Yeah. Um, Look, we all want to see fights. I, I like yeah. I've been covering the sport for little or no fucking money for the last ten years. Of course, I want to see fights. Yeah. I love fights more than anything else. But we're in the we're in a fucking pandemic. Like let, let's be honest, <laughs> we're in a pandemic. Why don't wait a month and let's see it in? Like I, I saw John Nash, and I think he's one of the smartest guys uh, in MMA. He was tweeting the other, uh, yesterday, I think, and he said, 
in America in the space of like three weeks, he thinks the curve will be on the on the top. And I was talking about on the podcast at the weekend. Like, I think everyone who's ever watched uh, MMA and knows anything about the UFC, we all know they're going to be the first ones to try to put an event on, right? But I think even the most pessimistic of people would have thought that would be <laughs> at a time when we're not starting the pandemic, maybe when the <laughs> pandemic is about to get slower, not even end, get slower. But no, no, no. They're doing it when everyone's just about to fucking die. That's what they're doing. And it's it's ridiculous. Like, I, I can't get <clears> it. And, like, I see people all over the internet. They're like, oh, yeah, I just want to see fights, man. They're like, oh, God <laughs> almighty. We all, like, we all want to see fights. Like, we all want to see fights. But we're in the middle of a... This, people don't... I, like, there's, there's two schools of people, right? There's people who are either living under a rock and don't understand the situation, or there's people who don't care and are happy for people to die. And I, honestly, I think the majority of people are just people who don't understand it, to be honest. And that's yeah. that's a bit more worrying, I think, even than the people who don't care, because the people who don't understand it are going around licking toilet seats and spreading the, the disease around. And that is not a good thing. I see like toilet seat lickers all over my timeline for the last two days. Like, it's absolutely <laughs> insane. Probably uh, a lot of our fans. <laughs> yeah. Hello, how are you? But uh, yeah, it's like, it's, I don't think this event will happen. Uh, this private island... I think that's more likely, oddly, I, I don't know how, but that probably won't happen either. But, but like, by the time they do that, we might be in a position where um, something might be able to be done, where you can hold what, it. Yeah. <laughs> what if it blows over and then Dana White's got a $20 million dollar, uh, island? <laughs> what does he do with that? Just have <laughs> fights there anyway. Like, I love the idea of fights on a private island. Not while in a pandemic, though. Like, let's, let's wait a month or two months and do it then. But yeah, like, I, I think the big problem with this is, right, You uh, look, someone could get coronavirus before they go in the cage, give it to the person they're fighting, give it to the referee, give it to the people at the hotel. Th that could happen. Is it going to happen? Maybe. But pro look, probably not. Maybe it could happen. It probably won't happen. But like, is someone going to get knocked out and have to go to the hospital and take up a bed That's for a, a patient big one. Yeah. In, in an overrun hospital? That yeah. And people are saying hospitals are not overrun. It's 10 days away. Wait. <laughs> they will be overrun if they're not overrun right now. Look where it was 10 days yeah. ago. So that's, someone's getting that's a broken good. jaw. And Francis, Francis versus Rosen struck. Someone's jaw is falling off. Calvin Cater versus uh, Jeremy Stevens. You're going to tell me that's not going to be a hospital visit. Ferguson versus Gaethje? I'd be surprised yeah. if they the hospital. Like. <laughs> they're going to be stitching each other up at the end of the fight. Exactly. Yeah. It, uh, so, that, yeah. Crazy. But uh, that leads me... To my next question, um, if this does go through, what do you think of the matchup of Justin versus Tony, and how excited are you for that matchup compared to Tony versus Khabib? I'm way more excited for that fight. Now, Me too. everything has to be said with the proviso of it being with the pandemic. Let's say there's no <laughs> pandemic, and let's we're talking about two fights just for a second. It's hard to do that, but yeah, there's no. I don't think there's any doubt about it that as a fighter A versus fighter B, I think Tony Ferguson versus Gaethje is a way, way, way better fight than Tony Ferguson versus Habib. Like, the great thing about Tony versus Habib, okay, they're two very good fighters, but the, the fact is, like, they're number one, number two, you know, maybe McGregor as well, but because of, uh, you know, behind, in front of Tony, that, that's a tough one to decide. Okay, McGregor's been out for an awful lot, and he hasn't proven it recently, but, but whatever. They're, look, two of the top three fighters in the world in at the lightweight division, without any doubt about that, they're on huge winning streaks, and they have to fight. That's the fight to make, and that's why it's yeah. a great fight. But in terms of style matchups, you know, Habib is a wrestler who looks for opportunities to take people down. 
Tony Ferguson is a madman who gives people opportunities all the time. He's just going to take him down and out-wrestle him for five rounds. Like, that's... that's and if he doesn't, if he somehow manages to stand with him, it, you know, he'll probably knock Habib out. But that, that's, that's not... I, I couldn't see that happen. Like, I, I don't think that's... I, I think Habib just destroys him in that fight, to be honest. I think it's a, that's a really easy really? fight for Habib. Um, but the Ferguson Gaethje matchup is a very, very different fight. That's, that's chaos. It is, but Justin yeah. Gaethje has changed in his last few fights. You know, he's more yes, tactical, more technical mm-hmm. in his last few fights. And I actually think, I, I was talking about it on, on the Serena podcast. Like, I think, uh, I think, and I haven't watched like all the tape on, on the fights. I like to watch fighters for the fighter they're fighting before deciding mm-hmm. uh, fully. But I feel like if Gaethje had a full camp and he was fully prepared for Tony Ferguson, I'd be picking Gaethje to win this fight, I think. Because yeah. I think that he's, the, the thing with Ferguson is he is a good technical fighter, but he draws guys into a war and he beats them mm-hmm. there. That's not happening with Justin Gaethje, I'm afraid, you know, and especially... He's the king of war. Exactly, and if Gaethje has that uh, additional technical and tactical ability, uh, and he can beat Tony Ferguson in the war, I think that's a very, very winnable fight for for Justin Gaethje. Right now, I'd pick Ferguson, uh, because it's Mm -hmm. on chart notice for Gaethje and all that, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and he can't probably uh, train properly, and we all know Tony Ferguson trains with inanimate objects anyway, so it doesn't really matter for him. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll pick uh, I'll pick Ferguson right now. Although I might change that before uh, before next week comes. Yeah, well, um, this leads me to my next question. So with Tony and Justin being booked, what do you think's next for Connor? Because in my eyes, Connor kind of dodged a bullet not having to fight Justin Gaethje, uh, and yeah. I could see Dana sliding him in to fight Khabib somehow. Yeah. What I do you think next for Connor? Yeah, I did. I did a podcast yesterday, and I was uh, I was discussing it. And I was like, oh, yeah, "Who do you think uh, he'll fight next?" And I was like, "Khabib, probably." Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously have no problem doing. It. I think the problem is right. Like, everyone is saying Nate Diaz now because the Masvidal fight seems to not be happening. The Gaethje fight that was definitely going to happen is not happening now either because Gaethje is fighting Tony. Although you know maybe right. McGregor could fight the winner of that fight. Who knows? Um. But, and, you know, Habib will probably fight the winner, but that, that's how interim titles are supposed to work. Should <laughs> work. Um, so who else is there? I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the right time now for the Nate Diaz fight. I think McGregor needs to keep that Nate Diaz fight for when he has nothing else. And, okay, you could argue he's nothing else right now, which is probably the strongest argument for it. But I feel like because of this pandemic, and people, you know, we've short memories. I was saying, um, I was saying before the fight uh, against Cowboy that McGregor needs to take, like, two fights, and then get back into a huge fight again. I don't think right. he's in... Um, I don't think he's in the right place yet to be taking those huge, big fights. Maybe the Nate fight is a good fight, but I'd like to see him fight someone like a Pettis. I think that'd be a good fight. A former champion who's, you know, he's no scrub, uh, and if it's if he wins it, it's a good win, and he can move forward, and I don't think it's that tough of a matchup either. Uh, so I'd like to see him fight someone like that, uh, but it'll, it'll probably be Habib, or maybe the winner of... Uh, of Tony Ferguson versus uh, versus Justin Gaethje. I don't necessarily think the Gaethje fight is a bad matchup either. I think it's probably a bad matchup right now because McGregor's only had one fight in the last, what? Yeah, no, or 40 seconds. In the last three years or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, I think McGregor, like, people seem to forget how good McGregor actually is, especially on the feet. And I think he, you know, Justin Gaethje's a very good wrestler as well, so maybe he'd take him down. But Justin Gaethje, although he's improved technically... Uh, I don't think he's as good a technical fighter as McGregor. I don't think he's as powerful as McGregor. I don't think he can pick his shots as well as McGregor. Okay, if he can last two or three <clears> rounds, 
Uh, he can probably take McGregor. You know, if it goes to the decision, Gaethje's probably winning that fight. Um, but I think at, both of them at their best, I think McGregor destroys him, to be honest. But I don't know if McGregor's still at his best right now or if he can ever get back to his best again. So I think that's still the big question about McGregor. We all kind of forget that a little bit maybe because of the Cowboy fight win so well and everything. But right. uh, I think that's the, the biggest question for him there. But I, I, I'm of the mind that you build. he's the biggest star in the history of the sport. You right. build Conor McGregor back up and you give him someone like an Anthony Pettis. What so? What do you think the most winnable fight is? Say you have Nate Diaz, George Masvidal, <clears throat> the winner of Tony versus Khabib, or the winner of Tony versus Justin. Out of those four guys, what do you think is the most winnable and biggest fight? Uh, well, the biggest fight is definitely Habib. Unfortunately <laughs> for McGregor, that's the least winnable. <laughs> winnable. No, fight. I know. Um, <clears throat> like I think they're all winnable fights for McGregor, like at his best. But that that's this right. is the whole question again. Is where is he like? If McGregor's right. at his best, I'd pick him to be every single one of them. Like, I I think at 155 and where Nate is now, I think McGregor right now would probably beat Nate again. And I think he'd probably knock him out this time. I think the 170 was just terrible for McGregor. Now he's, he's 145. McGregor, you know, I've stood alongside him. He's, he's not that big a guy. 170, he, he, lo- you know, he looks healthy at the weight, but it's not his weight class. He's a 155-er. Um, right. I, I think at his best as well, he beats Gaethje. is just too open and he's too willing to get into a, a war, which late against McGregor is probably very good for him. But early against McGregor is probably going to get him knocked out, even though he's such a great chin and everything like that. I think Tony Ferguson, I think Tony Ferguson is probably, out of all of those guys, he's probably the easiest matchup for McGregor, I think. He's just yeah. way too open and way too willing to get hittable. into a war. Yeah. So hittable. Like, yeah. Tony Ferguson would be this one, one of these guys that's built up and built up and built up to fight McGregor and gets knocked out in 30 seconds. He could be one. Uh, like, yeah. okay, he could, he could drag McGregor into a war as well. He could drag him to the ground and submit him, which would, you know, which would be up there as well. But yeah, I just feel like McGregor is good enough to keep him on the feet for two minutes and he'd probably knock him out in that. Right. All right. Sean, you got, you got time for one more. I know I promised you 20 to 30 minutes and <laughs> we're like closer to 40, so I don't want to take your whole day here. So I, my, my last topic for you is August 15th, we're supposed to have UFC Dublin. Do you think that happens? Do you think it happens with fans? And if, if let's say it happens, who, who would be your dream headliner for that? Um, I think it will happen. Um, and I have a feeling like, I think Ireland is going to do a lot better than the UK and the US with uh, the whole coronavirus thing. But I think the issue might be that and it'll be a big issue for Ireland because as I mentioned earlier we only have two Irish fighters in the UFC at the moment that we like if Bellator wanted to put on a card in Ireland now they could do it with just Irish fighters like there's so many of them right. they could do it yeah. but the UFC can't um, if it's getting somewhat better over in uh, the US and the UK and they can bring guys in and maybe quarantine them here for a couple of weeks and then have them fight uh, then, then I think it I, I think it probably will happen I think we'll be alright by then but I think let's say if uh, you know, Dana White's still putting on events in a, you know, in Tachi Palace or in a, an island or somewhere. I feel like if you could have a crowd in Ireland, wouldn't you be better off putting a Conor McGregor fight on an Ireland, on an on in yes. Ireland? People will be at home quarantined anyway. Uh, they could buy the pay per view at like five o'clock in the evening over in America and watch a Conor McGregor fight there. 
Now that might not work. That might be wishful thinking of me. But you asked me for my dream one, so I'm gonna say I like yeah. Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje for the UFC interim lightweight title in Dublin. But <laughs> I go, I go realistically. You know, everyone's talking about Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker. I love that fight. Love it. So that's too. Yeah, give me that's that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take that every day of the week. Perfect. Well, you know, Sean, we we really appreciate this. You know, giving the people some uh, a good dose of Irish MMA down here in Texas for for the quarantine. Um, where can people find you if they want to read more, listen more, and do you have any shout outs or anything you want to say before we let you go here? Uh, shout out Nate Diaz. Shout out uh, Tommy Tohold. Shout out to the Secret DM group. Uh, shout out, uh, I don't know who else to shout out. Shout out uh, Patrick. Shout out Andy Stevenson. You can find me at Sean Sheehan BA. Uh, severe my podcast patreon sign up there and subscribe on uh itunes or wherever you get your podcast that's yeah that's all i have all right sean Sean, you're the man we appreciate you coming on yeah have a good one stay safe you too all right thank you see ya thanks for listening to parker's mma show take a moment to rate and review on apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast and visit Parker Keen's MMA show.podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes.